You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of The Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. And Susie can't join us today, but we do have two returning guests. <gasps> are you pointing at me? I am pointing at you. Hi, right my... Oh, I was, I was like this. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. I didn't see it. My name's Corey. I'm from a podcast called... What's my podcast called, Bella? She doesn't know. She doesn't listen. It's called So It's Come to This, a Simpsons Family Podcast. And... I brought along a friend. No, it's not Patrick. Oh. Hi, everybody. It's Brian from the same podcast that Corey just mentioned. It's good to be here. Indeed. Thank you both for joining us yet again. Thanks for having us again. Hey, anytime. So we're finally closing out our month of What a Twist with episode 196, Psycho from 1960. It's an hour and 49 minutes directed by Alfred Hitchcock, who we've already covered the birds. Uh, oh, Maurice already has a question. What's up? I thought we were covering the remake. Oh, shit. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so no no masturbation in this one. I didn't watch the original. It was the remake. Yeah, <laughs> you know the original. <laughs> but, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock has done The Birds, Vertigo, Rear Window, Dial M for Murder, Rebecca, North by Northwest, a whole bunch of great ones. I just listed my favorite ones of his. Um, now, we have, a, we have a pretty big cast, but I only picked a couple people. We have uh, Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, who we would know from the rest of the Psycho franchise, two through four, which is worth your time. The sequels are really good. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express and The Black Hole, which is fucking terrifying for a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee. She's a Knight of the Lepus, The Frog, <laughs> The Frog, yeah, The Fog. I can read really. <laughs> Fantasy Island, Starman, Murder She Wrote. So we got one. Uh, the Twilight Zone and Halloween H two O. Then we have Lila Crane, by, uh, played by Vera Mills. She's in The Twilight Zone, The Outer Limits, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Psycho 2, and Murder, She Wrote. Uh, Sam Loomis, we got Dr. Loomis up in this movie. We do. Uh, played by John Gavin. He was in Spartacus, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, and Fantasy Island. Then we have Detective Milton Arbogast, played by Martin Balsam. He was in Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Twilight Zone, St. Elmo's Fire, Death, Death Wish 3, one of the really good Death Wish movies, uh, Delta Force, Two Evil Eyes, Cape Fear, and Silence of the Hams, if you guys remember oh. that movie. <laughs> I now, started it. For all you Gen Zers, when Mike says Fantasy Island, he means, okay, once upon a, let Nanny tell you, once upon a time, nanny there was or a sh- Nana, Nana or go. Nanny, whatever you'd like to call good old grandma here. Once upon a time, there was a show in the 70s called Fantasy Island. It's not the Blumhouse movie, Fantasy Island. Oh, that that was wasn't good, bad. That was a good movie. I I couldn't get through it, but maybe it's because I was high. I know we both watched I didn't want to see it. He made me come see it with him. And once again, I've said this before in the podcast, every single time this guy has said, hey, we should go see this. And I go, I don't know. It looks like crap. <laughs> I end up liking it. So, at this point, if he recommends a movie to me, I know I'm going to like it. I never recommended it follows, so. <laughs> but I love that movie. <laughs> 
But yes, the old Fantasy Island, the yes. one with uh, Tattoo, the little dude. Yeah. The plane. Uh, the the plane. plane. The pl- yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember what he said. I'm like, shit, what's he saying? And not Martin's Fantasy Island. No. And not Martin's <laughs> Fantasy Island. Which is still now called something else, but it still has Fantasy Island on the... Yeah, what is it yeah. called? The, the billboard. Like uh, Adventure uh, Park or something. Niagara or Amusement, or Water Park or something. Something like yeah. that. Something yeah. really but, generic. But name. they yeah. still have the Fantasy Island sign up, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, not Adventure Park. That was that one, that documentary we saw about that oh, thing in Jersey. Oh, yeah. That, that thing is great. That's I've, a great I've watched that. That's a great documentary. That is really fun. <laughs> but uh, last but not least, we have Sheriff L. Chambers, played by John McIntyre. Uh, I was in Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Twilight Zone, The Rescuers, Cloak and Dagger, one of my favorite 80s action movies. I love the Rescuers. And Turner and Hooch. Turner oh. and Hooch. <laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go around the table here. I think anyone listening to this, if you don't know what Psycho is, if you've never seen Psycho, turn this podcast off and go watch it. Please. <laughs> not, not the remake. Yeah, do not watch the 1998 one. Watch the 1960 Alfred Hitchcock one. It's still really worth your time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Corey, we'll, we'll see what you think about this movie as you're one of our two guests. What do you think? I have always loved this movie. I saw this movie when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Did you I'm... see it in the theater when it came out? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, she did not. I am 85 years old. Um... Young. young. 85 years young, yes. My grandfather loved Alfred Hitchcock, and that's why I bullied my way onto this episode. <laughs> because every Alfred Hitchcock movie he introduced me to holds a special place in my heart. Now, being younger, and, you know, Norman was weirdly charming mm-hmm. and kind of like just kind of boyish. And so I'll say I'm amongst friends here. I had a crush on Norman Bates. I had a crush on Norman Bates. <laughs> well, I mean, look honestly, at that. Honestly, I can, I can understand. Yeah, he's, yeah, he is very charismatic. And he's quirky, you know? Yeah. And our group of people are usually quirky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I love this movie so much, and it will always hold a special place in my heart. Now I'm older, I can appreciate the nuances mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree wholeheartedly with that. I, I, I also saw it very young mm-hmm. with my grandfather, which is funny. Um, I used to watch a lot of horror movies. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, that I used to watch a lot of horror movies with my grandpa and my grandma, because mm-hmm. um, I would spend every Saturday night there growing up. Right. And um, he, my, my grandfather, I don't think he particularly liked horror, but he knew me and my siblings did, so he'd watch them with us. Mm-hmm. And I do remember watching this in his living room. Like I used to hide under, they had this little like table between their two chairs, and I would, like, lay down there and make a pillow fort. <laughs> I'd watch the TV from there. And I distinctly remember watching that shower scene from under that table, like, surrounded by pillows. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Brian, what, what are your thoughts on this one? So, I mean, this movie, like, uh, number one, I will say, just watching it now in 2023 eyes, I was shocked at how well it still holds up. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I mean, granted, you know, some people might complain, oh, it's black and white, blah, blah. But no, like, it is incredible. And it's the type of movie that it grabs you and it just doesn't let go. Mm -hmm. Like, at no point was I like, oh, I'm going to check my phone. Like, I'm literally just watching the entire thing and I'm just totally enthralled by all of it. Yeah. Um, And so it's just like, you know, obviously it's no secret. I mean, this movie is a masterpiece. Oh, absolutely. People do college courses just on this movie and the camera work and the music and everything around with it it's just it's absolutely incredible so 
But unlike Corey, and probably unlike you guys, I actually was older when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in high school. Okay. Because the first time I saw it was <clears throat> I took a course that was called Best Sellers. Okay. In high school, and it was supposed to be you read a book, mm-hmm. and then you watch the movie that the book is based on. Oh, cool. But the teacher never had us read the books. So all we did was watch the movies. So we watched this. We watched <coughs> Towering Inferno. We watched the Godfather trilogy. Which is movies. interesting. Yeah. In a Catholic school, we were watching the Godfather you, trilogy. Your parents paid for this education. Yes. <laughs> now, granted, it was a one-semester class. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't anything too crazy. But this was definitely one of the first movies I saw. And then shortly after that... A friend of mine was in a class at a different school mm-hmm. where they had to like make a movie. And you guys remember Mr. Bill from Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah. I don't even know why we got this idea, but we created this character called Ted Twinkie. And it <laughs> okay. was basically loosely based on Mr. Bill. Ted Twinkie gets into all these adventures and things like that. And then there's this guy, Eduardo, who's trying to kill him all the time. Okay. And I remember the one movie we made, we actually used my parents riding lawnmower and set it up to run him over and then i'm seen running after the mower at the very end of the shot to grab it so it doesn't go into the street but anyways for my friend's project that he had to make for his class Mm -hmm. we did psycho with ted twinkie that's amazing and i wish i still had access to it i don't know what happened to it Mm -hmm. because i'm actually really proud of it we actually did a pretty good job we had whipped cream go down the, the drain, drain. <laughs> instead of the blood and yeah and i don't know it, it, we had a good time with it so i if i can ever find it oh i would love to see I, I will, that i will definitely show it to you so but that is so cool so but yeah i mean the movie it, it's just great like I, I can't say enough good about it as I, before we continue i am going to apologize to the listeners right now because i guarantee you i will be coughing throughout this episode i'm we had to postpone this because i got sick and I'm still, I have this uh, annoying cough. So if you hear random coughing, I apologize. It could be me too. <coughs> See, there's one. There it is. <laughs> um, you did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, the whole time you were talking, I'm like, i got to clear my throat. I don't want to do it. I don't wanna... um, but I was going to say, in, in my high school, I had a film studies class where I actually watched a lot of Alfred Hitchcock as well. That was the first time I ever saw North by Northwest and mm-hmm. first time I ever saw Rebecca, which is one of my favorites. And I feel like Such it's very underrated. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. I feel like Marnie's that way too. Yeah, yeah, it's very such underrated a good movie, but so underrated. Whereas, like North by Northwest, I feel like everybody knows. Just like, just like Psycho, everyone knows that movie, and for good reason, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like some of his lesser known ones, like even Vertigo. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people talk about it, but again, it wasn't really well rated, mm-hmm. and that was that's a really good film. Oh too. yeah. So, but yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. It's 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 definitely worth a watch. But Maurice, let's throw it over to you. I know you're a big fan of the old-timey horror movies. So. Well, going back to what Brian was saying, I also made a movie based on Psycho, but I can't talk about it. Oh. It's not a movie you want to watch. <laughs> oh. Oh, you needed the money. You were young. I get it. No. Um, I, I love this movie. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys already said everything. Like The music's good. The, mm-hmm. How the shots were shot. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's just... It's a masterclass. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. camera work is you so can't, fucking good. I can't find anything bad to say about it. Right. I yeah. mean, even if I tried, right. I don't think I can. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. There's not a single thing I dislike about it. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I'm surprised by is... I didn't realize it's like, what, an hour and 57 minutes? Yeah. And, uh, 49. 
And I always felt like it was a short movie for some reason. I did too. I agree. You know why? Because we all remember the same scenes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Like, we don't remember the scenes where she's, you know, where they're in the shop or, Mm -hmm. you know. Talking with the car guy. Right. Or the scene where her co-worker's trying to push tranquilizers on her. Right, yeah. (laughs) We we don't remember that. We just remember the the key pieces. Right. Right. All that her doctor prescribed to her. Yes. On her wedding day. I was like. I put in the notes, lady, if you have to take. Tranquilizers on your wedding day, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Get out now. Get out now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, great movie. Uh, the acting's great. The music's great. The movie's great. Um, I, I do have to ask, so because I know you're as much of a Reanimator fan as I am. When you watch this, do you hear the Reanimator music, or when you watch Reanimator, do you hear the Psycho music? When I watch Reanimator, I hear the Psycho music. See, I'm the opposite. As much as I know this did it first. I watched Reanimator way too many times in See, my young years. I, I've seen this. Not that I don't love Reanimator. Yeah, yeah. I love it, but I've seen this way more times than. But it's it oh God, Reanimator totally ripped this music off. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. we even talked about it on the Reanimator episode. Yeah. But as soon as the music kicked up, I'm like, ah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Good old Reanimator. <laughs> That's another classic. I mean, we we can find faults in that movie. Oh, but... absolutely. But this one, <laughs> yeah. Like and, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off. You, you keep cutting you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I just love Anthony Perkins. I think he's a yeah. great actor. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. He's so good. Yeah, he's he's still. I mean, he's he's a main character, but still, I mean, he steals mm-hmm. the, the movie. Like, mm-hmm. which also is this one of the first times that we see a villain as the main character? I think so. Probably in a mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I can't really, before, right. but I would think in like a mainstream. <clears throat> yeah, I can't really think of another one off there, the top. Of my there's head. some like. Probably B movies out there where right. like the killer mm-hmm. or the villain is the ma- main character, but right, not like a good movie, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> not like something like this. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just trying to think. I can't think of anything bad to say, so I I'm not going to even think about it. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and, and I don't think we need to say anything yeah. bad. I mean, right. it, it truly is, it truly isn't like you said a masterclass. It's it's a great fucking movie. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, and I posted it on Facebook, I know you guys all commented as well, is I couldn't get over how good the dialogue is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The conversations are so engaging. Mm-hmm. Like, the the whole sequence where, uh, and, and guys, I'm just going to preface this now, we're not going to go beat by beat through this one. We feel like everyone has seen Psycho, so we're just yeah. going to talk about the movie. Yeah. Um, but the scene where Marion and Norman are talking in his study, like, in yeah. behind the office. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. The ups and downs of that conversation. It's Yeah. It starts off, like, very, like, calm and, like, almost almost like he's trying to awkwardly flirt. And then mm-hmm. he gets super serious. And then he goes back to the joking around and then gets super serious. It's, yeah. like, it's so creepy. But I think he was flirting. Yeah, I think he yeah, was, too. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, mom didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he was flirting. But it goes back to what you were saying, though, with the, the whole dialogue thing. Like, I didn't want to pick up my phone during this because I was yeah. in the conversations. Yeah. Like, I wanted to hear it. And, like, it's so well done. Yeah, and like, you don't want to, like, not hear it. And it also, so like, good. I mean, I haven't seen it a ton of times. I've maybe seen it four or five times. Yeah. But even with that, I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Or, like, whatever. But literally, like, it starts up. And, like, you know, it kind of has a little bit of a slow build. Mm-hmm. That opening like, sequence. All right. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, boom. And mm-hmm. I'm just laser focused and I can't look away. Yeah. Well, it's like once Marion takes the money, I yeah. feel like that's when yeah. it's like, okay, we're off and running. Speaking of money. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. No, I, I don't have oh. it pulled up. Do you have, do you have it pulled up? Because Susie wanted us to make sure to mention this, that the $40,000 yes, yeah. that, that Marion stole uh, in today's money it would, would be, be worth 
$414,900. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't have the same buying power that $40,000 had in right. 1960. Well, but. I, yeah. I, no, I, I think $40,000 would buy a lot back then. No, that's um, what I'm saying. $40,000 would buy way more. Oh, right. I, thought you, I'm yeah. saying, I thought you said it didn't have the buying power. No, like, no $490,000. I don't think it has the same buying power now that oh, $40,000 had back no, then. No, no. I mean, I mean, Christ, back then you could buy a house for what? thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. right oh hello well, that would probably be the only thing i would say that maybe doesn't quote unquote unquote hold up mm-hmm. because when you're first watching it and you hear that you're like okay well that's a good chunk of money but you don't realize that yeah, yeah. Well, and then when <laughs> when Corey and i were watching it i looked it up and i told her i go by the way that so that's one time right. i look at my phone yeah because I was curious about that, and that's what I told her. And I was just like, that really that's a lot of cash. makes a huge difference <laughs> in knowing that. Right. It also yeah. makes sense why that cowboy was so pissed that he ch- took right. his money. <laughs> I do love that sequence where he's, uh, he's like awkwardly and creepily flirting with her, and oh, she just yeah. has like no interest whatsoever. But then we cut back to when um, she's thinking about like, after she takes the money, she's thinking about, like, what people are saying. Right. right. Like, her boss is going on about how, oh, I never would have expected. And, mm-hmm. like, I was thinking about, and then she thinks about what that dude is going to say. And he's like, she was flirting with me, too. And she gets that grin on her face, yeah. like, how yeah. the fuck you? <laughs> like, yeah. I love that. And I thought that was an interesting choice, too. Because a lot of times in a movie, you're going to see those scenes happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see those people having those discussions and everything like that. Right. But, you know, Hitchcock was like, we don't need that. Yeah. We're just right. going to let it happen in her head. Right. Mm-hmm. In her mind, you know. And let's be honest, how many of us have had those exact thoughts where it's yeah. like, you know, something is either going wrong at work or you're, you're stressed about something. So you sit there and you play every scenario in your head and you have those conversations. Or you I, don't know what that's like. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I am on the level all the time, guys. All the time. I cannot tell you how often this happens to me at work where it's like someone will do something or say something and I'll be sitting there stewing about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're running through, I should have said this. Why didn't I say that? If I jerk, said jerk store. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> jerk store. <laughs> smart line for a smart audience. Well, thinking about it, I guess not. It's that's a complaint, but I thought she wasn't. I didn't like the way she was when she was trying to buy the car. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she knew the cop was there. She should have like she was making it too obvious that she yeah. was in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was my question too. Like, and granted, I know it's a different time and everything like that. But mm-hmm. the cops like clearly suspicious of her. Yeah, and then just lets her go. And that whole thing, oh, I ain't got nothing on you, but I'm now I'm going to harass you. I'm right. going right. to follow like, you it around. It just seemed very strange to me. Like, I mean, I, I understand, and it really sets up the the tension and you know mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. with the whole scene. But it's just like, just the decision making there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for the cop. You know, it's like, okay, if you clearly think something's going on, you pulled her over. She was pulled over at the side of the road, which obviously at that time, mm-hmm. that is strictly forbidden. You don't be doing things like that. Mm-hmm. And then... Plus, she's a single lady off on her own, which, again, that time... At the time, yeah. ...not really looked on uh, very well. And so he's clear... And she's clearly making things up, and he knows that she's not being truthful. And she's in mm-hmm. such a hurry. And, and he yeah. follows her, and she sells the car immediately. To California right. Charlie. Calif- yeah. Yes, I love <laughs> And he's just like, all right, and then he just leaves. I'm like, 
What? Like, I don't he know. He does talk it's to seen... Charlie. Yeah, no, yeah. he, that's the thing, he, but... pull, he pulls into Charlie's and then she, she takes off. Right. Yeah. And then they're all standing, it was, it was Charlie, the mechanic, and the cop all like, hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we get that conversation when she's driving that new car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she's imagining what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd she pay you? <laughs> With cash. <laughs> I did well, love that didn't say what you felt about it. Oh, oh, I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely, in fact, I love the whole franchise. I, I ain't gonna lie. Mm-hmm. This one clearly is the best. I mean, there's no arguing with mm-hmm. it. The sequel, though, is really fucking good. And now Hitchcock was notorious for not wanting the sequel to come out. Right. And they had to um, wait until he died, right? Before yeah, because it didn't come out until the 80s. 80s, right? yeah. And because uh, it was based on the book, you know, on the, mm-hmm. on the second book. But it's very much, it's very much in the vein of 80s slashers, but still smart. It ha- we ha- it hasn't gotten into full Friday the 13th area, area yet. Um, the whole story... Have you guys seen it? Yeah. Okay. I have. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the basic premise is that, you know, this is like 20-something years later. Norman gets out of a mental institution. Because um, he's, he's, he's not crazy anymore. Well, that's the thing. They, they think he's not crazy. And, and, in a, <laughs> and in a way, he wasn't, though. He, it, it came back because of Lila and her daughter. Because yeah. they were so pissed that he got let out. And she kept she kept fucking with him like she was having her daughter dress up like Norman's mom, and like they were moving stuff around his house like they were fucking with him. But even the daughter was like after a while was like all right yeah we got to stop. But but the whole thing it shows like because of Lila's you know meddling she gets herself killed and she gets her daughter killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah you know and but now when we get to Psycho three the one where we have um, oh I can't even think of his fucking name the guy he was in Lawnmower Man. Shit, I can't think of the actor's name. He's like the sidekick in Psycho 3. Michael May will know. Yeah. <laughs> but, the bones. Yeah, 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 check the bones. Um, he's he's the, the guy who played the lawnmower man. Okay. Um, and I can see him in like a thousand other movies, but I, I can't oh, think of anything. I know who you're... Ah. Lapidus. I can't think of his name, though. Um, Is it Matthew something? I don't know. I'm looking it up. <laughs> Brian's, yeah. Brian's on it. Um, but yeah, he's like the, the weird sidekick to Norman and that one goes like full slasher. Mm-hmm. It's still good, but it's definitely a, a product of its time. It's mm-hmm. a product of the late eighties. And then, uh, cycle four is the beginning where they, they kind of like do a flashback and they show how fucked up Norma Bates was mm-hmm. and how like she abused her child. And that one pulls a lot from the Ed Gein story because mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of stuff of like her forcing him to wear a dress Saying like, "Oh, my little girl, you're my little girl." That whole thing. She threatens to cut his dick off with scissors at one mm-hmm. point. But um, what's kind of weird though, with that is, she wanted him to be a girl, but but he insinuated that they were having sexual relations though. Well, that who was having sexual relations? Norman. Like the way he would say stuff made you think. Well, were they like? What his mom and him? Yeah. I mean, there's some creepy shit in part four. Yeah. Like, like it's not quite that but it's it's inappropriate contact like when he says you know oh you're or my mom's you know you're my mom's my best friend a boy's mm-hmm. best friend is boy, his mother, his mother. Yes. yes yeah so like yeah no it, he's, I, I he's a know. little I, I get the, a little too attached right to and i feel like there was like a sexual relationship there oh yeah there definitely so that's why i'm surprised he went with you know, she wanted him to dress as a right. girl. and Well, that's the thing. They, they definitely imply that there was some kind of, like... They never show it in part four, but they definitely imply a very 
inappropriate relationship with mom. I mean, even in, in the Bates Motel show, the yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, that one they definitely played a lot with the yeah. lore. Yeah, um, which again, I really love that show. I don't I know like if you guys watched it. I, I, yeah. I watched it when it came out every week. Like, I, I didn't was, mm-hmm. dislike it, but I honestly feel like I would have liked it better if it had nothing to do with Norman Bates. Yeah, because as like just like an overbearing mother and like her her you know weird recluse son. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when they get into all the drug dealing and all that, like, I would have liked it better if it wasn't anything to do with that. But I still liked it. It was a good show, you know. Yeah, I'd like to spin on it, you know. I, I, I really yeah, enjoyed I hate it. it. But uh, one thing I will say about Part 4, though, that, that really is, is weird to me every time I watch it, uh, fucking Elliot from E.T. plays young Norman Bates. <laughs> so that's really strange. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. See, mur- murderous young Elliot. It's like, weird. <laughs> Did he phone home? No, but he, he made sure no one else could. <laughs> <laughs> the lawnmower man. Yes. Jeff Fahey. That's it. Oh, Thank Jeff you. Jeff Fahey. Yeah, he plays the, the uh, motel sidekick in part three. And apparently farther down in the cast list, Molly Shannon was in it. I didn't As know that. Homeless lady, I guess. I did not. Well, I, you, gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. I really do need to rewatch uh, the rest of the franchise because I feel like Psycho is one of those franchises that people kind of sleep on. Like everyone yeah. knows the first one, but you, right. you know, and occasionally you hear people talk about part two because it was a very big deal when it came out. But like part three and four, I never hear anyone talk about, and I, I like both of them. Mm-hmm. I bought a couple. Of, I t- I think I told you a couple of years ago. I bought Amazon on one of their Prime Days or mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of thing. They had the box set, like Blu-ray, for like twenty bucks. See, I need like, to get the rest of them because I only have the first one. Yeah, so I have all four on Blu-ray. I have Well, I'm, I watched. Psycho on Peacock. I didn't yeah. bust out the DVDs, but... I think part two is on Peacock as well. Yeah, I think they all are. At least three. I saw three. I don't know if I saw four, though, on there. I say I might have to... So I might have, have to, to load them up and watch them. Yeah, later. I might <laughs> have to watch that on the old Blu-ray yeah. player. But no, I, I would highly recommend, Brian, if you haven't seen part two, I, I think it's worth checking it out. Okay. Just, yeah, it's Just for kind of like a, just a follow-up to this. Yeah. Because it, you see, like... Lila and Norman almost switch roles because, mm-hmm. like, in a way, Norman is played kind of sympathetic. I mean, not that, not that he's not played sympathetic in this because he right. kind of is, but mm-hmm. he's he tried to get better and he's like trying to get on with his life. He mm-hmm. like he starts working as like a short order cook and like you know mm-hmm. he's he's trying to move on, but like she's so obsessed with the fact that he's been released, yeah, yeah. that she it, it ends up being her downfall, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. she. Retriggers the psycho within him, that whole thing. So, I, I actually uh, started watching it the other day. Part two. I've seen it before, yeah. But, um, so it got late and I turned it off. I was there's like an hour left. I well, like, to be I'm fair, not... we're, we're getting old, yeah. <laughs> well, Bed, bedtime is fun. Well, yes. we're, I was going on midnight and I was like, All right, I'm tired, <laughs> I'm not gonna stay up to one o'clock to finish yeah. this movie. So, I'm about an hour in, but I like I said, I've seen it before, but. It is it is really good. It's a really yeah. good movie, part two. I did that the other day with Scare Package. I was about forty seven minutes in. I'm like, I'm nodding off. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pause this and rewatch it later. Yeah, I had to do that with us. Yeah, when I was watching. I broke it down in two days because I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm gonna watch the first hour and then I'll watch the rest of it tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Well, when we were watching Psycho, you turned to me, Brian. And tell them what you said to me about who would play Norman today. Do you not remember? Oh, yes, I do remember now. Okay. <laughs> For a minute it left. Andrew Garfield. Oh, God. That's yeah. perfect. Right? Like, there, yeah. there, were literally that scenes, there were literally scenes where they're showing Anthony Perkins, and I'm like, 
that is Andrew Garfield. Like the way he looked. Holy shit! It was like yeah. spot on. I get. I can because I can see him in like interviews that the way he does that weird little chuckle that yep. that yeah. fucking mm-hmm. Anthony yeah. Perkins does. And he's mm-hmm. the perfect amount of charismatic, just like Anthony Perkins is or was. Yeah. And you know, it just kind of dawned on me. Like I think it was during the scene when he's talking to Marion, Marian, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they're interacting back and that, forth. That That's grin. when I saw it. I yeah. And I just looked yeah. at her and I go, if they were to make it again mm-hmm. and they did it now. That's who it should be. I would like to yeah. see that. Actually, so Hollywood, yeah. if it happens, it's being recorded here. <laughs> yeah, right. I get a cut of this. <coughs> not, not to change the subject, but to go into comic books. But since you brought that up, have you seen pictures of Tom Holland, not the director of Fred? Yes, <laughs> not, not that one. And a young Stanley. No, look it up. Okay, really. Look up Is Tom Holland and and young and, Stanley. And, yeah. Huh. Okay, and, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's why they cast it. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he's a good actor. Yeah, but and he could do all the air, the aerobatics and stuff. Like right, that. but can you imagine like a guy that looks like a young Stan Lee playing Peter Parker? <gasps> you see it? Yeah. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we got we got yeah, a little yeah. sidetracked sorry, for a second, sorry, but this, this is interesting. <laughs> I had to. It might only be for patrons. We're not sure yet. <laughs> Why won't you? It doesn't matter. You can still see it. Look at that. Holy shit! That is accurate. <laughs> That's really yeah. freaking accurate. Look at that. Yeah. I wow. Okay. Stanley's got wow. a little bit of a bigger forehead, but outside of that, <laughs> they can see Jet. Yeah. When they do the movie about. Oh, interesting. All right, back to our regular yeah, scheduled uh, slasher. Um. <laughs> One of the things I, w- I want to talk about is when Arbogast is uh, interviewing, or not interviewing, but investigating um, the Bates Motel, and he's talking to Norman. Yes. And then they have that back and forth. There's there's a line he says, because Norman puts his foot in his mouth. I forgot exactly what he said. He, he like, I think he, he said something about not signing in, and then she signed it. There oh, was, there was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, here it is. Yeah. And then he said... Um, what was her name? What did she... Uh, she went under Loomis because she went with like, yeah. Sam's name or something like that. What was the first name she used? Wasn't it something Samuel? Samuel, that's something what Something Samuel. Yeah. But yes. he put... But the detective put the... Put the pieces together. He put together. two and two together, yeah. But he, there, there's a, a moment Mary where... Mary Samuel. He says, if it doesn't gel, it is an aspect. And this ain't, this ain't gelling. I had to look up what, as, what aspect was because I had no idea. Okay. You guys know what this is? No. It is that god-awful abomination from the 50s where, for whatever reason, people were obsessed with gelatin, and they would take, like, shrimp and, like, vegetables oh. and make the savory oh. jello yeah, yeah, molds. Yeah, 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 I've seen. That's aspect. I was oh. like, that's fucking nasty. <laughs> Marie Samuels. Marie Samuels. Marie Samuels. Yep. Samuels. What did I say, Mary? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Same. Close enough. <laughs> Ugh. But I yeah, when I when I was like, what what the hell is aspic? And then I looked up like, ah, no, it's <laughs> that horrible abomination from those Betty Crocker cookbooks with all the mayonnaise. Yes. Um, but I, I do have to say, the scene where he gets killed is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie because it's it's so jarring and so creepy. So and like, unexpected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Arbogast goes into the Bates the Bates house. Mm-hmm. He goes up the stairs, and we see like the aerial shot. Of him at the top of the stairs, and then we see what we think to be Norman's mother come running out of the, the room at him and stab him multiple times. 
and we get that great angle where we see the knife coming down and just the the blood marks on him. Mm -hmm. And then he falls down the stairs. And you can tell, I mean, obviously, it's just a guy, like, backing up or a camera zooming Mm -hmm. in. But the way they make it look, it looks like he falls down the stairs. It's so well done. But the thing that, unfortunately, has stuck with me ever since I saw it, Seed of Chucky mimics this. Okay. There's a scene where when Glenn becomes Glenda... He comes running out, and it's the same shot. It's at the top of the stairs. It's like a little hallway. Glenda comes running out and attacks the woman. It's like, yes. holy shit. Yes. They pulled. They went full psycho with Chucky. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. So one of the things I caught with this movie, and you know, obviously this was one of the things we talked about in that class and everything, is basically everything that is being shown is being shown for a reason. Yes. So, for example, and I kind of wrote this down i did a little bit of research on it but like at the very beginning we kind of get it and it says you know it sets where it is phoenix arizona in case mm-hmm. you get co- confused with phoenix nebraska yeah yeah as jeremy from cinema <laughs> yeah. would say friday december 11th 2 43 p.m mm-hmm. so i'm like okay there's got to be a reason that that was put in and i saw that apparently there was one shot that they took in downtown phoenix where Christmas decorations were being shown in the background. Mm. And rather than cutting it out, Hitchcock said, well, I'm just going to make it in December. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we don't have to worry about it. So, and then the other thing was with the license plates. Yeah. So I did a little bit of looking into that. So the license plate that Marion gets, the California car with the NFB. Mm -hmm. um, What is it? It's NFB, NFB 418. Okay. So I was looking it up to see, okay, does it mean anything? So, there's really nothing definitive. Mm-hmm. Some people think it's Norman Francis Bates um, okay. for the NFB, mm-hmm. but nobody really knows what the 418 means. And they're saying F represents Francis because it's a reference to St. Francis, Francis mm-hmm. who is the patron saint of birds. Oh, oh. interesting. Wow. That's... So, But apparently Hitchcock never confirmed or denied any of this. And then there's other people that are saying... It doesn't mean anything. Those were literally the license plates that were on the cars when we got them. Mm-hmm. And we just used them. Um, but, of course, people are going to look into it and everything. But I, I have a suspicion that he knew what he was doing, especially because yeah. they zoom right in on the plate. Mm-hmm. And they make it very obvious that we're showing you this license plate for a reason. Right. You know. And, again, and he was known for being very meticulous with yes. his details. Um, not quite Stanley Kubrick levels of meticulous, but he right. was definitely meticulous. Um, he was also apparently a horrible person to his actors. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he was apparently very, yeah. like, ruthless and, and nasty. Um, he, of course, does show up in this movie, yep. like in all of his movies. Uh, but he, he showed up uh, very early on because he said he didn't want to distract viewers from the plot. So he's mm-hmm. like, I don't I didn't want them to be like, where's Alfred, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's interesting. Because I, I remember uh, just watching this the other week for the first time in years, and I was like, oh, I forgot he was in, in this that early on. And then I read the trivia, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, with, uh, with Marion, like, there, there's a couple interesting things. So, like, when we first meet her, we meet her and Sam Loomis, and they're in their little uh, hotel room or motel room, clearly after uh, getting down and dirty. And she's in her bra. Yep. Afternoon delight. So, like, for the time... That was very scandalous. And one bed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, yeah. And, and, you know, but this this is the the, the funny thing, is, like, when we see her there, she's wearing all white. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And then when we see her after she stole the money, she's wearing all black. Yep. And uh, that was done purposely because they were like, this is, the, the white was before, uh, you know, doing something evil. And then after she stole, it was like, okay, now you've done something villainous. Now you, you, you know, are, you've been tempted. Right. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like the little visual storytelling. Right. Um, but yeah, I also love the moment where when she's driving, she's supposed to be going to the bank. And uh, she's you know, tells her boss that she has a headache and she wants to go home for the day. And I, again, I love how the, the freaking client is like, yeah, you go home, sweetie. Me and your boss are going to go drinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Simpler time. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> it's like, all right. Got a time on now. <laughs> but uh, I love it when she sees him in the, as she's leaving town. Mm-hmm. And he like stops in the crosswalk and just looks at her. Yeah. And it like starts playing the music. And did it's you like, think oh, Pulp Fiction at that point? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Like, motherfucker. <laughs> Hit the gas. But, uh, yeah, you know, when, when she first gets to uh, the base motel as well, there there is a very creepy vibe. Like, it's before the rain starts. You know, like, she pulls in and then, like, she honks the horn and you see the singular light on. And it's like, and then the rain starts coming down really hard and then eventually Norman comes out. And, like, again, he's so fucking charming during that sequence. Yeah. But you can tell something's off. Right. Um, like, one of my favorite things is when he first gets her uh, to sign... Well, he has her sign the book, and we see that he makes the decision to put her in the cabin closest to the to the office, because he's going to spy on her. But at first, he wasn't going to do that. Like, it was because she picked the... Like, she told him a different name or something like that, mm-hmm. and he picked up on it. So it's like, okay, was he not going to fuck with her, but because she... Seems to be hiding something. He's like, aha, you're a bad girl. That type of thing. Like, I was trying to con- figure out, like, why he goes. He was reaching for the cabin 10 and then moves it to cabin 1. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I and, always wondered that, too. Because it's like, yeah, he was going to that one. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, I'm going to do this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's and is like, it hmm. just because that's closer? So it's easier easier, easier access? Mm-hmm. Closer at that proximity. Point, I don't think mm-hmm. he's made it up in his mind that he's... Well, keep in mind, though, he had the, the peephole from the office to yes. the cabin one. That's so true. that's why I'm like, did he suddenly decide, like, because she did something that he considers wrong, mm-hmm. you know, remember, mother's watching. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's that type of thing, if uh, if he decided, okay, yeah, you know what, I'm going to kill you anyway. Like, if that's when he made the decision. Right. Yeah, I often wonder that, too. Like, if he made his decision to kill her, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> she lied and he knew mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But, I mean, then you eventually find out, no, he... Killer, because mom. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I but, feel like you kind of see that moment too when they're having the discussion, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden it's like things just change in him. Yeah, and now his demeanor's totally different. Mm-hmm. He's treating her differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mother. He's yes, yep. and it's like just like everything's going really well. Like you said, he's flirting mm-hmm. with her and everything. And then all of a sudden, he kind of realizes something's up here, yeah. and then it just snaps, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. things are very different. It's when she mm-hmm. mentions putting mother away in an institution, because yes. yep. yeah. you know, she overhears the yelling yes. up at the hotel. And she must have amazing hearing, right. by the way. Over yeah. the rain uh, and, and all the rain. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, Norman did open the window, because remember, it was too stuffy in there. Um, but it's like, but that was still, still pretty far away. Yeah. We could hear it, though. Yeah, I mean, and we're that's like true. where she was. So I mean, I, I don't think it's that unrealistic. I think if, if it's raining out, we go outside we, and somebody's arguing a couple houses down. We true. probably hear it yeah. at the window, especially if the window's open. But I mean, it was like it sounded like she was right next door. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, clear as day. No, they definitely amplified it so yeah. like you can hear what was going on. But like when they, when they start talking and and Marion's like, well, you know, I've never had any. If if someone talked to me that way, you know, she was talking. Yes. 
And he was like, well, you know, it's just that she's, uh, you know, she's ill. And he goes, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing, like, sometimes she just goes a little mad. And we all go a little mad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, then she, she makes the comment of, like, you should leave. You know, you should do something. He's like, I can't leave her. You know, she doesn't have anybody. Who would take care of her? And she goes, can't you put her somewhere? Right. And that's when he that's turns. Right. Like, mm-hmm. he was just like... You know, everyone always talks about putting someone, you know, putting them somewhere when they mean an asylum. Have you ever seen those places? And then he gets all angry. Right? Oh, no, I like, couldn't oh, do shit. that. <laughs> Even then, though, he wasn't angry. He was like, oh, I, I couldn't do that. He, got, he just got a little stern. Right. And then he, yeah. and he backed yeah. up and yeah. then got, yeah. Right. But then there was that, um, what, how did he put it? Where he was talking about, yeah, he did the whole line about uh, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Mm-hmm. Right. But he talked about, like, after her boyfriend died, the guy that made her. Yeah. Oh, her and the line of, son is a poor substitute for a lover. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, that's yep. ooh, a little creepy. And, you know, that's another thing that made me wonder if, like, there was yep. more going mm-hmm. on there. Like, Yeah. But one thing I do like about uh, the, the way Anthony Perkins plays his character is there's there's little quirks before that sequence even when he shows her the room he's like oh it's a little stuffy in here let me open it up it goes can't you know can't stand the stuffy room and then he's like well you know you have the the, the bed there and the the uh and he points he can't say bathroom like it's like that right. thing of like he can't bring himself to think about what she's going to be doing in there mm-hmm. and he gets all like flustered right. mm-hmm. and it's like that was interesting to see well and plus i saw too like there was there was a lot of attempts at censorship Yes. At this, and maybe you're going to talk about this later. But one of the things the toilets, they never you never saw a toilet or yep. see a toilet flush, mm-hmm. and that was like a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Which was funny. Like you think of all the things in this film, yep, and that's the thing you're going to get upset about. <laughs> yep. Like, well, the next movie you see a toilet. Yep. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but this might be a controversial statement. But mm. due to when this movie came out and everything. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about saying that perhaps Marion and the character of Marion is female empowerment? Because her character, like mm-hmm. she's not the typical woman of that time of thinking, oh, I just need to find a man. I need to like, have my tranquilizers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she gets it on mm-hmm. on her lunch break. Yep. With a man who is divorced. Mm-hmm. Which even, was scandalous right. at the time. Mm-hmm. He's talking to her about wanting a relationship, and she's the one that's kind of standing back, like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, and yep. she's the one that's kind of standoffish about it. Obviously, she takes the money, mm-hmm. goes off, tries to run away, start a new life, mm-hmm. and everything. So, I don't know, it just kind of, like, dawned on me, because I started looking at all these things that I was making note that she did in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I was just like, that's... Like, female empowerment. Like, she's yeah. becoming, mm-hmm. like, you know... It's definitely a change for, especially a female lead at that time. Right. Um, and, and, again, Hitchcock was kind of known for this, though. Like, he would push the envelope a little bit mm-hmm. to, to right. the point where, like, people would be like, oh, scandalous, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, again, showing a toilet flush. Like, oh, no, we can't do that. And it's like he would push for those types of things. Um so much so that sometimes he made his female leads very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, that, that was one of the things I kept reading about. Like, we read about that on The Birds. We're, we're talking about mm-hmm. that. And then again in this, like, just reading about how uncomfortable um, uh, Janet Lee was in certain sequences. Right. But she did go on to say that even though, you know, she did use a body double for the shower scene. Um, but even though, like, you know, 
she was going to be known for that for the rest of her life. She said that that was still one of her favorite things that she ever did. Like she would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, same thing with Anthony Perkins. He did say that mm-hmm. like he was kind of upset that this was going to follow him for the rest of his life, but then he embraced it and was like, you know what? No, this is this is what I want. This is what I want my legacy to be. Right. I mean, so much so that he directed part three. So mm-hmm. um, I did see some conflicting stories that were. Um, she said that it was actually her. And it wasn't a body. Really? Yeah. See, I always heard it was a body. So, I mean, granted, it's one of those things. Nobody's really confirmed one or the other. And you hear it from this person, you hear it from that person. But according to her, like, she didn't want to be seen nude. Right. So she did have things like pasties and, you know, certain things to kind of cover herself. But the one thing I saw is that she was kind of saying, (coughs) no, it was me Mm -hmm. in all of those scenes. And she said, basically, I think it said took like seven days to do mm-hmm. that entire scene. Yes, they, they did that, that sequence in a week. Right. And, you know, she was talking about that. She also said that um, using cold water mm-hmm. was not real. She goes, no, it was warm water and everything, and they took care of me and whatnot. So mm-hmm. so I don't know, um, but again, that's just one account yeah. of it. You know, obviously there's tons of people involved, and with the movie being as old as it is, different stories happen, mm-hmm. and urban legends, and this and that. So Jamie- it's hard to say what... Yeah, go on. I was just gonna say it's hard to say what's truth and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just gonna say Jamie Lee Curtis, if you're listening. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say that too. <laughs> Jamie, let us know what your mom thought. But uh, but no, that's funny because I've I've always heard that it was a body double, and I always just believed it because it was like the way it's shot, mm-hmm. where you know you see her face, and then like you see a thigh, you see a belly, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like partalism shots, you know. But um but, but if yeah, you think I mean, about it though, that's how the whole movie was shot with every this, this is true. Scene, so And plus with it being the sixties, obviously they couldn't get too scandalous, mm-hmm. so you can't show right. too much body. Um, oh please, so. Marilyn Monroe was naked and everything in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well unlike and we discussed this off the air, unlike Anne Haish in the remake <laughs> where <laughs> you just see her butthole. <laughs> like, and it's oh God, like it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, why did they have to shoot it from that angle? And why was she okay with that? Because <laughs> she's just literally, like, face down, splayed out with her ass up in the air. And they do a downward shot. It's like, really, guys? <laughs> like, we don't... Ah, that's not okay. Maybe she really wanted that scene in there. Yeah, she was like... It was in her contract. Yeah. She's like, I bleached my butthole for a reason, damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's horrible. But, but the shower scene, mm-hmm. I was watching it again, and I'm like, what an oddly beautiful scene that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's extremely I, well done. I know. She's dying and stuff, but it's beautiful. <laughs> no, the way it's shot. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. It's only chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? Bosco? Bosco's chocolate yeah, syrup. Bosco's chocolate syrup. Bosco! <laughs> Immediately think Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that could be a, one of our sponsors. <laughs> Get Bosco? <laughs> I don't think it's around anymore. <laughs> I what did I it. see? It was like 57 cuts, 72 shots, something like that for that. There's a ton of trivia on this like, movie. It's insane. There's literally a documentary just about that scene. Oh, yeah. And just like everything that was done and, you know, how things were hidden and everything. And, you know, going along with that censorship, one of the things I thought was kind of funny was, so when the film first came out, and well, before it was come out, it was like screening and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of censors, uh, people said that they actually saw her breast. Oh, wow. And so they're like, you can't release this because it looks like this. So Hitchcock said, okay, you know, let me take it back. He held on to it for a few days, did absolutely nothing with it, sent it back to them, and then they're like, oh, okay, it's not there anymore. 
Yeah. But then people that didn't see it now did see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like... But I thought that was really interesting that they were trying to like... Be like, oh, this is here, and it really wasn't. Yep. And then he's like, oh, I'll take care of it, and he just did nothing. There are so <laughs> many horror stories about the MPAA and like those review groups where... like One of my favorites, and this has nothing to do with the movie, but uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker with Team America, mm-hmm. where they were like, okay... We have all this shit. We know they're going to cut it. So let's just be as disgusting and foul as possible. And they do the puppet sex scene where they do every ridiculous and gross. Like, I mean, they have people pooing on each other, like as gross as they could be because they knew the censors were going to hone in right on that. And it worked like a charm. They were like, oh, you got to cut all that. They're like, okay, they cut that whole scene out, which they didn't want in the movie anyway. And then they let them get away with all the stuff they actually wanted in the film. Because they weren't looking at any of the other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I know um, John Carpenter, I want to say it's uh, it's called Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue or something like that. It's a documentary about horror mm-hmm. movies, and, and they talk about particularly the MPAA. Yeah. And John Carpenter was bitching, saying that there was, they actually count how many thrusts during a sex scene. Um, there's, like, all this, like, all these weird limitations mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes they'll see stuff that isn't there, and right. all you have to do is just sit on it for a minute. So that's why I was I was chuckling yeah. when you were saying okay. it. I was like, ah, yeah, they, they talked about yeah. that. Like, I've seen other directors talk about this. You know, it's like, I fucking hate the NPA right. so much. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, you know, and Hitchcock, again, he was, he was notorious for pushing boundaries, so I could totally see that right. happening. And then, also with that scene, I saw something that originally he didn't want music for it. Yes, to be used in that, and then he he went on to say that the music is actually help you know help make this movie the iconic piece right. that it is, and it's very true. Like any movie that has like a very iconic score, that's going to be just as memorable as the movie. Again, you can't think of Jaws without thinking of the music in right. Jaws, right? Mm-hmm. You well, know? plus you know I mentioned I hadn't seen this movie until I was in high school, but when I was a young kid, I knew that music. Of course. And I knew, like, you know, I didn't see the scene, but I knew, like, someone was getting killed in the shower. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, on, it's just something you know. Mm-hmm. You yep. know. And it's on every Halloween soundtrack. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and not only that, but just the shower scene in general, it, is, yeah. it has to be, I would be interested to find this out, it has to be one of the most parodied scenes in history. Oh, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because and it's in cartoons, it's in other movies, it's everything. Yeah. And for you metalheads out there... <laughs> Ice Nine Kills has a really good song called The Shower Scene. <laughs> oh, no shit. I, the whole I, album is spoofing horror, or not spoofing, but singing, they're singing about horror movies. I gotta be honest, I never got into Ice Nine Kills. Uh, Tara actually sent me a bunch of their stuff, mm-hmm. and I started watching some of their videos. Their videos are fucking awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to look more into these guys, because... They have the one video, I forget what it is, but uh, Joe Bob Briggs is like a judge in it. I was like, ah, it's Joe Bob. I got all excited. Yeah. But, so. So, yeah, it's parodied, and there's a song. I mean, their whole album's, their whole album has to do with horror songs, but. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of their shtick. But, yeah. Uh, but not it's digging. cool. It's cool. I, uh, I'm, I'm not a metalhead, but I do like some metal bands, so mm-hmm. I, I will listen to them occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, what I've heard of them, I, I actually don't dislike. So mm-hmm. I just haven't really delved into their library. But um, but you know, a, a, another scene in this I really like is when uh, Sam and Lila finally go to the to the motel, and like <laughs> Sam is trying to distract Norman, and he's very obviously just waving his hand at yeah. Lila. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, dude, you're not being right. you're not being right. subtle at right. all. <laughs> And then when he keeps trying to, like, just step in front of him yeah. and everything. And, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of gets, like, lippy with Norman. Like, mm-hmm. and Norman just doesn't know what to do. Right. 
It's like Sam's like, oh, I could take your shrimp. <laughs> he had the blackest eyes. <laughs> that was for you, Susie. <laughs> well, when they go to, is it the sheriff's house? Yes. And his little old wife. And she goes, oh, Norman took a wife? Yeah, she, and they're like, well, no. No. We meet his mother. And he's like, his mother's been dead for ten years. Yeah. That is creepy. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, to, well, to this day, that scene is creepy. There, there's the twist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it is twist month, and we That's finally true. talked about the twist. <laughs> yeah, the, the twist is Norman is Mrs. Bates. <laughs> Let me tell you, Norman has... Amazing speed and efficiency for putting on the wig, taking off the wig, mm-hmm. putting on the dress, taking off the dress. You know, I, I came ha- from the house to the motel, back to the house. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I also have to say, I to and to this day, it's it's uh, we've talked about this in the show before. When something scares you as a kid, and you rewatch it as an adult, like it might not scare you, but you get that like pop of nostalgic fear. Yeah, where it's like, ooh, okay, that's still creepy. Mm-hmm. The scene where he runs into the basement where, okay, so Lila has just discovered the corpse mm-hmm. of Norman's mother. And then, like, you know, the she hits, she flails backward and hits the swinging light and it's swinging back yeah. and forth. And he runs in and he's smiling and holding the knife and he, like, licks his yeah. teeth. Mm-hmm. As a kid, that scene scared the shit out yeah. of me. So rewatching it now, I was like, hmm, okay, that was creepy. Like, it just, the look on his face, it it sends shivers up my spine. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he gives up pretty fucking quick when Sam right. comes in the room mm-hmm. and grabs him. Oh, and he's just, uh, he's just like, uh, I'm dead. <laughs> I think that would be the only thing I'd be critical of. But yeah. then again, I mean, maybe it's, you know, showing he wants to be caught or something. Yeah. Like but, but was But that- just the way he just, like, as soon as he's grabbed, like, he just immediately goes limp. And he's like, like, I can't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can't fight back. Right. That, that could have been Norman Bates and his persona, mother. Yeah. struggling yeah. against right. mother. That's yeah. a good point. It was only, yeah, it was only strong when he was his mother. Yeah. Right. That's a really good point. Yeah, I didn't I think of that at that. all. You're right. And then him just kind of relenting, like, okay, I'm done with yeah, this. Like, yeah, like, he's, yeah. I'm not saying he's, he's a weak man, but I'm... Right. But no, but Norman right. regained control. Right. Like, so it was, mm-hmm. mother was the strong one trying to do the killing. Right. And he's and, just and, tired. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. just, he yeah. gave up once. Yeah, Sam no, that's grabbed. a really good point. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that. That's why you guys keep... That's why I like <laughs> having these discussions. Hey, I, I always say, you know, you, you don't you don't say a lot sometimes, but you always come out with some good shit. So... You guys have any thoughts about all the birds? Uh, it's, it's a prequel to the birds. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna make a movie with birds soon. You know that would be. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that. Cause, but yeah, because when I was watching yeah. it, I was like, wait, the birds came out after this. Yes. Yeah. I had to look it up. Okay, so I didn't have my phone out because I went. Yeah. <laughs> I had to see. Wait, wait. What came out first? But this came out then the birds. <laughs> but is this a prequel to the birds? Right. Well, and that's or the thing. just a hint. I think a lot, like, they definitely wanted to play with, obviously, the taxidermy thing. And that's giving you a hint at, like, oh, you know, he, he's, he's good at stuffing corpses, huh? You know, so. <laughs> that's how, you know, 10-year-old mom is still hanging around. Um, but, yeah, the, the bird thing. I forgot that he only taxidermied birds. Mm-hmm. You know, because he even mentions that he, he hates the way that beasts look. Yeah. You know, right. foxes and, and stuff. And then he goes, some people even, you know, stuffed cats and dogs. I could never do that. You know, and then he's like, he says that, I'm trying to remember the line, um, about stuffing birds. He said that he thinks that he likes them because they already, they're so innocent or something like that. I forget mm-hmm. exactly how he worded right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just creepier when you think about it. It's like, oh, you want to kill and stuff the innocent things? Like, okay. Right. What's that say about you, Norman? But, um, 
<laughs> I do have to say, I did write down this entire sequence at the end. Like, we have our parlor mm-hmm. scene at the end after they're caught. And you have to have this in an old-timey movie where you have all the characters sitting around and someone explains the plot. So we have the psychiatrist who just went and talked to Norman and explains the whole thing about how Norman's psyche had shattered and how Mother Great was in control. Voice too on that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He totally had a radio voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's something i got to comment about with old-timey movies in, in, in general. A lot of them people had that radio voice. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like I wonder if that was part of, like, uh, you know, acting, like, training. Yeah. Right. You know, like, you got to talk like this, see? Right. You know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, you know, because he was like, so it was Norman, right? Yes. And no. And no. <laughs> Rufus is really determined to like get all the attention. He's circling the table. He's <laughs> playing hard to get, Reese. Yeah, oh, he's running away from me. <laughs> Close those legs. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm giving you a show. Um, but we have that sequence where after he explains everything... Uh, the one cop comes in and goes, says he's cold. Can I give him a blanket? <laughs> and he's like, sure. And we see the cop go down the hall and he brings the blanket. And we, we see outside of the, the room and we hear Norman's mother's, mother's voice. voice. You know, thank you. You know that for mm-hmm. that. And then we get the creepiest fucking sequence. Oh, yeah. that's the, smirk. That's oh, smirk. That's smirk. Like, that's what yeah. always haunted me. That's, this, yeah. the, well, this whole thing, because he's thinking to himself... He goes, it's sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son, but I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder. They'll put him away now, as I should have years ago. He was always bad, and in the end he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man, as if I could do anything except just sit here and stare, Hmm. like one of his stuffed birds. They know I can't move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet, just in case they do suspect me, They'll probably, or they're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of person I am. And then we, he looks down and we see a fly on his hand. And Mother continues, I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. And then she grins at the camera. Yeah. It's so fucking yeah. creepy. Yeah. And, like, again, this is old-timey movie, so we got all the credits at the front. Mm-hmm. So we literally see the, the grin, and it fades into the cars being pulled up out of the swamp, and then just yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. shit! Yeah. Well, you know, one yeah. thing we didn't really talk about, though, is the whole... The, the, the swamp? The skeleton reveal. Oh, the skeleton, yes. Like, right. Where he's keeping mom in the basement, you're like, oh, shit. Well, she, she's really there. Well, he moved her. And, yeah. Yep. Well, but then and she, she was said, upstairs. And but, she said, I will not hide in the fruit cellar. Oh, yeah. You think yeah. I'm fruity, huh? And that, as an adult, I went, oh, my grandmother would have said something like that to me, which is chilling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I sympathize with poor old Norman <laughs> so much, because... I had a very domineering female force in my life, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, Norman, yep, it'll just... get better, friend. <laughs> just stop killing people." But, uh, and it but, goes but, for but a just bit. so everyone knows, Corey did not like mummify her grandmother. I, I didn't. No, no. <laughs> I don't I, stuff I, birds. I don't <laughs> but can you, can you imagine watching that for the first time though in the sixties, not knowing, and then you know. The, the the, I, I, I'd yeah. love to see the reaction of oh, the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you, it yeah. was one of those like where crowds were jumping and screaming. Oh, where they show right. now, and you, then you watch a movie, you're like, what? Yeah, you're jumping at. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I bet you that was the reaction back then. Oh, well, guaranteed. And especially, mm-hmm. well, I mean, multiple things. Number one, you set up a character 
who is the main character, right. and you kill her off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. 20 minutes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And then, yeah, I mean, like, granted, I'm not a huge movie buff where I know that much history about movies, but I'm sure there really wasn't that many that had a twist like this. No. No. You know? Not and at the then, time. Mm-mm. You know, and then plus, like, again, like I said, I think a lot of the things were shocking, you know? The um, the nudity of the movie, mm-hmm. the promiscuousness, yeah, the uh, giving a cop attitude, yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just the on screen violence, even that too, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like the actual, and again, it's so tame by today's standards, right. but but back then, like, yeah, and, yeah, and the violence, while we're not seeing the knife actually penetrate somebody, we are seeing the slashes, we are seeing the blood, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like that wasn't really something we saw a lot right. at that time, especially in mainstream stuff. Right. You know, and um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree that this, this had to be a shocking film. But that scene that you're talking about in particular, it is creepy. It is a creepy fucking prop. Well, well because, well, first of all, you know she's dead because the cop said, oh, she died 10 years ago. 10 years ago, ago yeah. yeah. And that, but when you're watching for the first time, you're like, is that really her? Yeah. Until right. the, they turn her around. And right. she's got like the cobwebs right. and the one eye socket. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. But no. even though you know she's dead, because, you know, the cop clarified Mm-hmm. You're still like, is it really a human? Like, is it really her? Well, plus, you're thinking, mm-hmm. no, they had conversations with each other. I right, them right, yeah. Conversations we with each other. we see him carry her downstairs. Right, like, yeah. he goes in the bedroom, and we see him walking out, like holding. And she's like, "Put me down, yeah. and I can walk." Yeah. Right. like we're hearing all that. Right, but again, the way it's shot, we can only see the head. You know, like right. the top you can't down. See his mouth moving. That, you can't see his face. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's just so creative. Of, like the way you know. He had her make or had him using both their voices. Yes. Like, yeah. See, see, movies like this scare me. Yeah. But not the slashers. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this stuff is just. Why would you even think of doing something like that? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's you psychological work. Right. Yeah. 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 But you and I have discussed this before too about like old timey movies. Like even though like we know it's silly, we know you get so sucked into the story. And the way they build the horror, mm-hmm. it, it's that slow burn. So it's not going to like, it's not a jump scare. It's not something that's no. going to like scare right. you. But it's going to stick with you and you're going to be thinking about it. And it's going to give you the willies. The house, uh, house on Hunter Hill. I'll use Perfect the, example. Yeah. I'll, the scene you think about, that skeleton walk in. And, yep. You know, mm-hmm. And the lady in the, the blind right. lady. In the yes. Scene. Yeah. You think of that stuff. <laughs> Like that stuff scares me. You know, mm-hmm. it's scary to watch. Or it's right. like in the haunting when, the, like, when you're hearing the, the sounds and it's like the weird camera zooms like to the yeah. door yeah. rattling, and then the camera zoom to the clock yeah. like bong bong. Like it's it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas, like in a way, we've been desensitized with all the modern stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like you know, oh, someone's getting their head blown off. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Creepy and, mom in the fruit cellar. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> And not to change to talk about another movie again, but mm-hmm. I rewatched um, No One Will Save You over the weekend. Another the one Alien I want to see. Yeah. And see, movies like that scare me because to me, I don't know what everyone else thinks, but I, this is more realistic. Is uh, it like an alien abduction yeah. film? Okay. Well, uh, like, it's it's in the house, like. Gotcha. Oh, okay. But there's more to the story than just abducting. Okay. Without me trying to spoil what what they're trying to do but that scares me because i'm like shit like i'm gonna go to bed tonight thinking like that could really this is feasible like Mm -hmm. jason Voorhees is not a walking zombie is not feasible right Right. and this maybe niagara falls (laughs) (laughs) where i work yes (laughs) but seriously see it's horror like that that scares me this realistic horror 
This is no, why psycho scares me. Some you know the birds. I mean, yeah, this stuff gives you the really, release. right? Because yeah, it can really have reality, right? Yeah, right. Well, see, and this is why I can't rewatch Fire in the Sky unless we ever cover it for the show. Because that watched, movie, I just fucking terrifies. I just watched me. a docu- I had Kate watched a documentary on uh, <sighs> um, Bal- Mar- uh, is it Mark Walton? Mark Walton, I can't, right? I can't remember. But um, we watched that, and I was like, "Oh, look, Fire in the Sky is on. We should watch that next." She's like, well, "I can't watch it." Now. I, I can't. <laughs> but no. she wants to watch it, but not like right after watching the documentary. That movie is so good. Like it's oh, it's great. It's, but it's unsettling. Yeah, as fuck. yeah, it, it is. That abduction scene. I saw that one time. Mm-hmm. I watched that movie one time, and I still can't. I don't want to think about that scene. Yeah, like, that yeah. scene freaks well, me out. I've said this before, but I'm the same way with Midsommar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, like, my God. Great movie, but I don't ever want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's so unsettling. Now, the one thing I will say about that, and I've said it multiple times, is I love any movie or show where all of the characters are assholes. Right. Yeah. Like, and they, they dare you to empathize. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's with that movie. smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely I, everyone's a dick. I right. still have yet to watch it. I want to watch it. I just, oh. I'm like. Corey just bought it on Blu-ray. I sure did. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's on <laughs> it's Prime, wherever. Right. But I mean, I can get my hands on it. I just. You'll like it's it. Like, it's good. It's very good. Hours, really good. But it's very much. Yes. It's, it's very much like Hereditary, where. You have to be in the right mindset for it. You have mm-hmm. to. You have to be like, all right, I'm in for a slow burn. Yeah. I'm in for a lot of information. You know, um, but it's very engaging. It's one of those films that, much like this, like what we're talking about with Psycho, mm-hmm. where like once you get past that initial like character hump of like, okay, this is who's who, it it never stops moving. Like it just it, it hits the ground running. So I worth mean, some I, time. I've always heard great things about it. It's not that I don't want to watch because oh, yeah, it's yeah. a bad movie. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, I've got it's lack of time. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's stupid adulting. Yes, <laughs> adulting. I said it on the yep. message yeah. when we were trying when to figure out what. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no that that sequence in particular with uh, with Norman's mom, again, like just the prop alone at that time mm-hmm. is right. really unsettling. Because again, look at the the horror movies of the time. Let's bring up House on Haunted Hill again. The skeleton is literally just a. Cheap plastic skeleton. Like I mean, it looks like you oh, know, it looks terrible. It, like, it, right, but it's creepy to see it moving I mean, watch around. It now. Yeah. Watch it now. Right. It's like oh my goodness, this right. terrible but prop. But this skeleton, it's a little meaty. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. got some like mm-hmm. fucking cobwebs in the yeah. eye, but it's yeah. all dressed up. Right, like it's yeah. got the wig and the yeah. And it, it's so unsettling. It is, yeah. you know, and it's like damn, they they really they yeah. really did good with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what what more we can really say about this other than it's a fucking amazing movie. It's amazing. All of the aesthetics were amazing. Even the rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was looking at one of the hotel rooms and I'm like, damn, I love, I love the uh, decor in this. Yeah. No, it's a very (laughs) pretty movie. Yeah. And I also like the fact that, I don't know if you noticed this, but in a lot of scenes, Norman's just eating. Mm-hmm. Candy yeah. corn, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was but that was improv. Yeah, that was yeah, something that, was, that, that he did. I I love that because it's like, aw, <coughs> like, look well, at you, look Norman. At you being Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I never realized that until I read the the trivia. But mm-hmm. I was because I was always like, what the hell is he chewing on? But right. now I know he's chewing on candy. So corn. we should have known there he was crazy because right. he's sitting there munching on candy corn. Right. Stop. stop on his own. He wasn't even getting paid to do it. Ah. I don't hate candy corn, but I also don't like candy corn. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one thing: the movie is better than what than, than the taste of it. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> now, I have to point out something else. Now, this is something I, I talked about on our Class of 1999 episode, uh, where the villain that is drinking milk several times. And I have said, you cannot trust a grown man in a horror film drinking milk. Clockwork Orange. Right. Norman Bates. <laughs> like, this happens again and again. Fucking uh, Terry in Blood Rage. Yeah. He's drinking milk. Oh, at the- yeah. There's the comment, hot as fresh milk. Exactly. <laughs> if if you see a grown man drinking milk in a horror movie, just he's the killer. He's the bad guy. <laughs> it's just that's just how it is. Life lesson also, if you see anyone drinking oh, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be honest, if you see a grown man today just drinking a glass of milk, like either one of two things, he's constipated or he's a psycho. Because <laughs> well. most grown ass adults I know, if they drink a glass of milk, they're trying to go take a dump. Or maybe he's a psycho because he's constipated. That, that's true. <laughs> well, what am I then? No bowel movements make my go something something. <laughs> if I do, I, I've been known to drink my glass of milk. So uh, uh, well, you know, we know you're psycho. So you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know that. So. See, I, I can't handle the milk these days. Yeah. No. Well, one final thing I just want to say about this. I know we're starting to kind of wind it down here, mm. but just I appreciate so much that a lot of this story unfolds without dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where there's literally nothing, like no one's talking, mm-hmm. Norman's setting something up, Norman's cleaning up. You know, mm-hmm. after coming upon the scene, mm-hmm. and plus his reaction to the scene too, yeah, complete just shock and horror, and then immediately just okay, go to clean up, yeah, you know, and just like literally just okay, this is what I need to do, and so, but that really kind of got me because you know you were mentioning Mitzelmar. There's so much they're gonna throw at you. Yeah, so much you have to answer. Like this movie doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying, you know, it's a simple movie or anything. It's very complex. Mm-hmm. But they don't hit you with all that. A lot no. of it is done very subtly. And I think that's what really draws you in, too, and mm-hmm. keeps you there. Well, you know, and it's not only that it's it's done subtly like that, but it's, again, that the fact that every scene is, there's something happening. It's, right. it's like, it might be quiet, but mm-hmm. it's still something important to the story is happening. Mm-hmm. So none of it ever feels like filler. We always refer to the, the I like cheese dialogue where people are just talking to talk. Right. <laughs> you don't feel that ever in this movie. Right. Like every line feels important to the story. Um, even when like Sam and Lila are having a conversation about Marion, like it feels very important to the story. Right. There's a line that Sam says to Lila, and I always think it's one of the most chilling lines in the film. <clears throat> Sometimes Saturday night is a lonely sound. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking good, though. The, the yeah. line that really creeped me out was, I think it's Norman, in Sector Man, I always say that death should be painless. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, I do have to comment. You mentioned him cleaning up the room. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a good thing that that was Bosco's chocolate syrup because that cleaned up real nice and it easy. Sure did. It sure did. Yeah. <laughs> it was like for blood. Wow, that cleaned up real well, easy. I'll tell you what, I don't know. I think blood might be easier to clean up than chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got some experience there, buddy. <laughs> can't confirm or deny. <laughs> Maurice, I think, like, what you said, like, you didn't remember this movie being so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it because it does draw you in so well. Right. Yeah. It doesn't feel as long as it actually is. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But because I was the same way, like when I when we were getting ready to watch, I was right. like, oh, "It's that long? I don't remember it being that long." Right. Because you, you think same of it, thing. it's like what was it? It's like an hour and twenty minutes. Right. Not even. But yeah. mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I <clears throat> didn't even remember that she got the money. 
And I'd watched this movie a billion times. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember the money. And part. I certainly didn't remember the creepy cowboy in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly forgot how quickly she gets off. Too. Right. Like, I mean, it's what, like 40 minutes into the movie? It's less than that. I think it's like 20. Yeah, she's she's dead pretty quick. Yeah. Right? And, um, well, no, because he doesn't even show up just 27 minutes in. 27, okay, yeah. Okay, so then maybe it is around 40, though. Yeah, but it, it's that whole thing of, like, you know, the the, the misdirect. You know, we think, yeah. like you mentioned, they, they, they have a lead, they build up a lead character only to kill them off. Right. So that's something, again, that we don't, we I mean, we still don't really see that very often. Right. It does mm-hmm. happen occasionally. Scream. Yeah. Yeah. And Scream is one of them. Um, I always think of Feast, where Feast, we, get, yeah. we get the hero oh, character, yeah. and then he immediately dies, mm-hmm. and then they're like, here's the next hero. Um, it's like at that yeah. time, it's like Drew Barrymore. She, they're not going to kill Drew Barrymore. Right. Yeah. Nope. nope. <laughs> you guys just talked about it. Barbar- Barbarian. Yeah. Yep. yeah. With Bar- that was another one where it's like, holy shit, they killed Pennywise real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of, of trivia on this. But uh, a, a couple of things I found interesting is that Hitchcock uh, bought, he anonymously bought the rights uh, to the novel from Robert Block. Uh, for only $9,000, he then bought up as many copies of the novel as he could, trying to keep the ending secret. Oh. So he was literally amassing a collection of psycho books right. <laughs> to try to keep the audience from going out and reading the book mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. He also was very strict on how the theaters had to show this. Oh, really? Because apparently, uh, back, at the t- back in the time, like they would show a movie like you know three, four times in a day, and it was just people would come in... They pay for a ticket and like yeah they might come in in the middle of the movie and then they would just stay and start watching it again from the beginning and watch to wherever they saw till and then they would leave. Huh. So he didn't want people to do that. So he had a very strict rule of like the showtime starts at this. Do not admit anyone after you know when it starts. So there were like big standees of him like you know the movie starts at you know at such and such time. You're not allowed to you know to ex or enter afterward. Mm-hmm. And they had like little uh, like announcements that Psycho starts in five minutes. You know, please take your seats. And I was like, that's really funny because it was one of the first times they've done that in okay. theaters, right. and it just kind of became standard practice. Well, yeah, because now yeah. after what twenty minutes, you give them. You can't even the, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, and that, that's interesting though that it started with this film. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> here's here's a perfect example of Hitchcock messing with. Uh, one of his his stars is uh, on set. He would always refer to Anthony Perkins as Master Bates, um, <laughs> and even though Perkins told him multiple times he didn't like it, he continued to do it to harass him. <laughs> so it's like, wow. <laughs> so maybe that's why they put that in the remake. Probably he <laughs> masturbates because <laughs> masturbates. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, in the novel, Marion was actually Mary Crane, so when she calls herself Mary Samuel, mm-hmm. or you said Mary Samuels, right? Or Marie, what? Mary. So, yeah. mm-hmm. she, was, she was Mary in the, in the novel. See, I knew something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, there, there are so many, so many different friggin' pieces of trivia about this. We did There's over 50 on there. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw in the novel, too, Marion was decapitated in the shower. I think so, yeah. Yeah, instead of just getting stabbed. I never have read the book. Now I'm thinking, like, maybe I should see if they, I'll well, see if they have it on Audible. Hitchcock, but I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if they have it on Audible. Because that would be a fun one to, to throw on for Halloween and, yeah. you know, yeah. listen while yeah, I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, does anyone have any, any comments they want to make on... Uh, on Psycho here before we wrap things up. No, I think no. we've said everything. Yeah. yeah. I think we I mean, what more can we say about the right. film yeah. other than it being just absolutely incredible and, you know, 
It's... 10 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, realistically, like, and, and you know, you're always going to have the horror fans that are going to turn their nose up at it because it's so popular and that kind of thing. But in reality, it's there's a reason it's so popular. Yes. Yeah. It is a very, very well-made film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like we all said at the start, it still holds up to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will stand by the whole fucking franchise other than the remake. Um, e- right. even, the, even the TV show. I Like I said, I like it. I just think that it didn't need to have the Bates connection, but I don't hate that it does. Right. Like, I still really enjoyed the show. The actors are amazing, and yeah. the stories are good. But would it, would it have been as popular without the Bates? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah no, they, they definitely... I mean, put, they know what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, oh. Well, it's kind of like when you, when you do a remake. It's like, you know, even if you want to tell a new story with the remake, you tell a remake because, you know, you're going to pull on that audience. Right. It's mm-hmm. like we talked about on House of Wax. It was definitely a tourist trap, but they called it House of Wax because that's a more popular movie. <laughs> right. right. So. <laughs> or the Rage Carry 2 that we talked about. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I can't recommend it enough. There, it's on so many different streaming sites. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. And and definitely, hell, watch the fucking sequels. I know I'm going to watch the rest of the sequels mm-hmm. this week. Buy, so. buy, buy the four-pack and Blu-ray who cares if it's on sale? It's beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> it's beautiful set. But I think we're going to start wrapping things up here. So if anyone uh, isn't following us, check us out on social media on Boogeyman's, Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. And Maurice Handel's X. Mm. What is that? At Boogeyman's. Uh... <laughs> Thank you, good sir. We might not have it pretty soon if they keep the. Well, if they... I, I was thinking, um, I'll tell you. Off, off well, if they, if they do that stupid fucking. Uh, Charging a, a fee, screw that. Well, it's having that, but I'll, well, I'll tell yeah. you about There's a lot of other stuff, though. Yeah. And that's why we don't talk about it on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be our yeah, future. It, it, it might be uh, done on, on X. But uh, we also have a Patreon. If anyone is interested, it's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. And, uh, you know, extra, like the higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and birthday picks and stuff, which there will be birthday picks coming up very soon. Um, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network, so if anyone wants to listen to other podcasts like this or check out rad artists and musicians just doing rad stuff, check out radpantheon.com or Rad Pantheon and all the socials. And the Rad Pantheon includes our friends Corey and Brian. Why don't you guys uh, tell the folks? Well, as you know, we're heading into spoopy season. This is true. So we've been making it pretty much a yearly thing where when we get into spoopy season, of course... We do a podcast all about The Simpsons, called mm-hmm. So It's Come to This, a Simpsons family podcast. And we like to do some Treehouse of Horror. So I think we could announce it here, because it'll probably be out here before we release it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having some of your friends from the Boogeyman's Closet join us. Not Yay. me. Not me, because I'm too busy of a person. But <laughs> possibly for the second one. We're planning on two. Popular so Maurice. <laughs> we want to get Maurice for the second one, at least. And then, hopefully, we can get everybody else involved. But, um, but yeah, we're going to be looking at, for the first one, Treehouse of Horror 5, which includes the shinning. I love it. Which... Corey and I, I are can't just, believe we haven't done that. Yeah. I can't believe you guys haven't either. Because, like, when you when you said that, I was like, "Holy shit, you guys haven't covered that yeah. yet? We got to cover that." I know. So we got that coming up, and then, like I said, we're gonna um, definitely do a second one in October, which is gonna be a little tough because we're gonna be busy in October. Oh yeah. But um, we're gonna do another uh, Treehouse of Horror as well, and hopefully, we can get these fine folks to come along with as well. So if you'd like to check it out. Um, we are available wherever you find your podcasts. And once again, it's So It's Come to This, a Simpsons family podcast. Definitely check it out, folks. And uh, also, I didn't mention this when I mentioned our social media, but I did mention it on social media. 
keep watching uh, The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram because we will be doing a Halloween giveaway. I am putting together a nice little fun package of Halloween Ooh. goodies. So uh, I will post there how you can win. And uh, if you guys have seen our previous packages, chances are you're going to get a crap ton of movies and candy and horror paraphernalia. <laughs> so definitely check that out. I have seen your package. Yes, he, he has <laughs> seen my package many times. <laughs> hey. Uh, but anyone who wants to watch our next episode, our next movie before we cover it, uh, we're going to be going back to anthologies for October. And we're kicking things off with episode 197, Scare Package. So check out Scare Package if you haven't seen it. It's definitely a very funny movie, and we'll be covering that next. So alrighty, guys, I think we're going to close it up. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Thanks for having us again, and maybe we'll see you soon. We'll definitely see you not for me. our... Well, not you. You're too good for us. Um, but we'll definitely see you on our podcast. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, okay. say goodbye. All right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>